Welcome to the Uncanny Adventures podcast. Thank you for listening to Uncanny Adventures. If you'd like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash uncanny underscore adventures. Also, thanks to our current patrons, Joe Peabody, McAngus, PowerScore RPG, Scott Borland, and the Dungeon Master. Enjoy the show. Hello, world. Welcome to Call of Cthulhu. We're playing uh, Reign of Terror, and this is our final episode of Reign of Terror. Our investigators have traveled long and far, and they've made many plans, and we're about to see what happens. Uh, So, we have dealt with much in the French Revolution. Our investigators dealt with a count who turned out to be an ancient vampire who they defeated and was locked up in a sanitarium somewhere but years later they found out that they inadvertently helped to create a new monster the citizen regalt who had led them to stop the vampire has now risen to power himself and now the world is about to end it's only days away unless they can stop it So we're going to say hi to our investigators, and then we're going to jump right into this and see if they can save the world and themselves. All right. So, Dylan, why don't you start? Hi. Hi. (laughs) I'm Dylan, and I'm going to be playing uh, Jean Dupois, who's a 50-year-old, well, he's like uh, 54-year-old, grumpy peasant. Uh, He recently gave up being an alcoholic. Um, is pretty much has nothing in the world to live for, which is good because he just volunteered to, you know, get executed. So we'll see how that goes. And Jamie, how about you? I'm Jamie. I'll be playing Etienne Babon, the one-handed half-deaf ex-soldier who turned in Dupois in the plan to try to get close enough to Regalt so that when Dupois dies, I could just kind of him. Nice. And Scott? I am the romantic Christophe Pressy, who's the only one that apparently has anything to live for. Apparently. So, hey. when last we saw you all, uh, hi Katie, <laughs> welcome, uh, you had set in motion your plan. Uh, Dupois was led off to be turned in by Babon and sent to the guillotine in the hopes of stopping Citizen Regalt's seemingly endless power that he's come into. Uh, Dupois ended up in a prison cell. Babon, you were escorted home and left under protective guard as you have to go and turn evidence against your friend tomorrow in the court. And Pressy, Melody, and young Aronimus, along with Bonaparte, you have disappeared somewhere into the streets of Paris, waiting for your plan to kick off into motion. So, let's start with Pressy. Pressy, when you part ways with your friends, uh, you, Melody, little two-year-old Aronimus, and Bonaparte, where are you off to? What are you doing to get ready for this plan that you've set in motion? Um... He's going to give Melody literally all of his money. 
she and tell her to find somewhere to stay. Uh, she will take your funds and she says, um, I will, I will do my best, Pressy, but we'll see each other again. We have promised each other. We have promised each other that we will, we will come through this together. And thank yes. you, Katie, for the bits. <laughs> yeah, yes, we will. As he like does the, um, you have like the, the romantic couple goodbye where like the guy goes to hug, but he like he puts his hand on the back of her head, you know, and then kisses her forehead, you know, like those like super dramatic moment, mm. probably like just like foreheads touching, maybe a tear or two. She, you see tears running down her cheeks as she does not seem to want to leave you behind. And she is frightened that this may be the last time she sees you alive. I give her two of my six pistols as well. Okay, so she will take them. Uh, she also has Babon's axe, I believe, or axes in her possession. <laughs> uh, she has my axe and my flintlock. Yes, so she... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But she does not say that to you. She actually keeps them... She puts it in the bag with everything together. And uh, she takes little Euronymous... And she takes Bonaparte. She's like, come on, Bonaparte. Come on, Bonaparte. And she uh, gives you a final kiss. She's crying. Little little Euronymous, he touches your cheek. And he says, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And even Bonaparte will... He looks around. He's, he's looking for Dupois, who is nowhere to be found. And so he whines as he leaves with Melody and the little boy. Um... If I can, before I give all my money to to her, mm-hmm. you'd probably get uh, the biggest possible leg bone he could get from like a cow or something from a slaughterhouse and have it for Bonaparte, maybe to distract him a little bit. So, yes, you, and when you do, he uh, he licks you and then grabs the bone and runs off with it. It's like it's like probably four times his size, mm. so I, I don't know. <laughs> he, he drags it out of the house with him. <laughs> And where do you where do you go after this as they as they leave to go find safety? Well, it's in the town square where it happens. Ah, uh, yes, you know that it's going to take place. Um, it's near the Palais Royal, and you know that they have the guillotine set up in the center of the courtyard there. How how long do we got? What's the timer say? So you know that. You, Dupois was turned in tonight. From everything you've experienced since the guillotine began taking people's heads, you figure that he'll be on the chopping block within the next 24 to 48 hours. And it today is the 6th, and the 8th is the day of the festival. Are there any um, houses or whatever for rent around here? Like apartments or whatever you want to call it? Flat? Um... There are not any like that are inexpensive near the actual palace, but there are many uh, abandoned aristocratic homes and things like that because a lot of aristos have either been beheaded or have made a run for it. Okay, I'll check those out and see which ones would probably be the best vantage point. Okay, why don't you just give me like a spot check to sort of go around and, and eyeball the neighborhood and see what you can find. All right, so you 
make your way carefully going through this area investigating looking for a good vantage point your training helps you to locate a couple of places where you think you could set yourself up with a full view of the platform where the guillotine is and the crowd itself like there's you could either do it from a window or you even have a couple of choices of rooftops that have decorative structures and things that you could use for cover to hide behind uh, I was actually about to ask about rooftops, so he'd probably prefer one of the rooftop ones instead of a window. Okay. So yeah, he does like the modern sniper thing where he's just got like a few jars and he just camps out there for 48 hours or whatever. All right, so you set yourself up. So the next morning after Pressy has sent Melody off to safety, uh, Babon, you waken and you are met outside your door by your escort he has uh another another uh police officer has shown up to help escort you back to the court okay um just kind of goes with them because you know he, he knows he has to keep up this whole act of he's turning in his friend so he's not going to try and resist it okay just kind of walk with them so you are led back through the streets uh you get back to the courthouse and they take you inside and bring you into the meeting room where you were the day before when you turned in dupois mm -hmm. and they say you uh wait here and we will come and get you when we need to talk to you um i'll just kind of nod and just sit down in the chair and just wait so you sit, the guard, the, the, the officer that brought you, he goes outside the door. You're left to your, your own devices. You kind of sit in this room, and there's just the one door in or out. And about 20 minutes go by, and then you hear footsteps up the hall. And then the doorknob turns and opens, and a figure steps in, quickly closing the door behind him. And you see Citizen Regalt. A grin oh, on his face. Bonjour, mon ami. Bonjour. How are you today, monsieur? I'm doing well. How are you? I am well. I did not think I would see you again. <laughs> and I was just kind of give him a look ago. Well, I'm a little hard to get rid of. I see. I was surprised to find your hefty friend has been jailed. I thought I finished him off in the catacombs days ago. He lived. Hmm, he did. But not for long. No, he won't. Is it true you're turning evidence against your friend? I am. Hmm. That is, or would be, honorable, except I know that you are not entirely innocent. Innocent of what? I don't think anybody here is truly innocent. Mm, no, but you know, there are eyes everywhere, and for a little coin, people will say things. So you bribe people? Oh no, I just pay them for 
their good service to France. Mm -hmm. And what did these alleged people say? I heard an interesting story about a trip to a market and then a bit of a slaughter. Oh, I mean, animals get slaughtered in the market all the time. I can't really control that. No, but it's different when, and he leans in and smiles, you're the butcher. I don't know what you're talking about. No. Dupois killed them. Hmm. Yes, that is what you say. But we will let the courts be the judge of that. I just wanted to say hello to you. We may not have another chance. I gotta just tip my cane at him. He just smiles and turns and walks out the door and shuts it behind him. As he's walking away, his back is turned. I give him a goodbye wave. <laughs> so, after a little while, there's some more officers that come in, about four of them, mm -hmm. and they ask you to follow them to the courtroom. I follow them. All right. Doing a little, doing like the proper person walking with a cane, not like the pimp walk, the like sophisticated person. So, meanwhile, in the cells, Dupois, you were put into a cell only to find that you had some familiar company in the cells adjoining yours. Your sergeant, your comrade Beaumains, and your friend Hugel all seem to have been picked up at some point in the last 48 hours on the orders of one citizen or a galt. They tell you that... Hey. Beaumains and Hugel tell you that they tried to get the sergeant out when they found out he was captured, but their plan did not go as they hoped, and they were also arrested. So... Meanwhile, so you while you sit there and you sort of reminisce with your friends, mm. you're waiting. You're supposed to be escorted up to the court any time now, and you hear footsteps coming up the hallway, and you Boy. all see this familiar face as well, as Regalt walks into view for you as well. He stops and looks from left to right the cells. <sighs> Almost a full set. I'm just missing a few. Good morning. Hi. You look well for a dead man, Dupois. I've looked well for a dead man for the past five years. Ah, yes. You have seen better days, maybe long before I met you. But to turn yourself in, that's impressive. I didn't turn myself in. No? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I must have gotten mixed up. He walks up to the bars of your cell and leans against them. He smiles at you. He takes out a flintlock from his pocket. Jesus. And he's pointing at you. Ah, this feels familiar, doesn't it, Dubois? A little bit. Yeah. You look just as bad in this light as you did down in the catacomb. And uh, Beaumains, Hugel, and the sergeant are standing up now. They're looking at him with the gun, and they look at you from behind him. 
Dupont's still just sitting wherever he was in his cell, just sort of looking at him with like the grumpiest face ever, just sort of like. Mm. You know, you served France so well at one time. You served your king. I'd hate to see a man like you sacrificed in this way after such an honorable career. And he tosses the flintlock on the ground in front of you. There's a bullet in it. Oh. You could end your suffering. All it would take is one shot, Dupois. If I wanted to do that, I could have done it a long time ago. The sergeant's like, shoot him! Dupois! I just sort of let the gun lie there. I'm not going to touch it. Ah, a man of conviction after all, then, are you? It's all right. Don't worry. I'll be in the front row to watch. You won't go alone. None of you will. And he looks back at the others. You'll all go together. I just have one more to find. Let me ask you a question. Where is your handsome friend, the romantic one? Where did he go? Probably left the city like the coward he always has been. <sighs> I don't Run know. Run off that, that girlfriend of his. Oh, the girlfriend, eh? Mm. Girlfriend. He did, he did like many of the ladies back at Versailles, didn't he? Yes. Which one do you speak of in particular? Who knows? He chased after so many skirts, I lost track of them. It's disgusting. I see. Well, I don't want to keep you. I hear, oh, the footsteps of your escort are coming. He draws out his saber and sticks it in to where the pistol is, and he just slides it back into his reach. Mm. And then picks it up and puts it back in his belt. Okay. He smiles. You had your chance, my friend. But don't worry. It'll all be over soon. Au revoir. Yes, it will. He turns and strolls back up the hallway, and then six guards come down, and they unlock your cell, and they motion for you to step out. I don't. Oh, they're going to come in and get you, then. Oh, good. Yep. I want them to. Yep, so three of them come in the cell to get you. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm just going to... I'm going to do what I did when Babon came and turned me in, basically, and just be, like, the most, you know, like, resisting all the way, just, like, my dead body weight. You know, trying to like throw punches at them and stuff. Okay. Or do you just actually want to try to physically harm them, or just make a big show of it? I just want to make a big show of it, honestly. Okay. So if that if that ends up with me physically harming someone, so be it. But yeah. So uh, you you punch, kick, like try to let them drag you, and uh, there are a, a number of bruised and beaten up guards. Once they get you upstairs, in fact, everyone in the courthouse. Uh, and in the audience area where Babon is waiting, Babon, you hear this just ruckus coming from the door off to the side before the door is like burst open and you see a kicking and fighting Dupois being dragged into the courtroom. As soon as I see his face, I spit. Jeez. <laughs> so he is dragged over and he is his arms are like in manacles and they manacle him to the table. Then you see coming from the other side, like these dignitaries, you see Robosphere, you see the other court members, you see the members of the committee, and you see Regalt come in and take a seat off to one side and he's just watching. They begin and they say, this ex-soldier of France has been turned in. He murdered police in the streets. He has been trying to destroy 
what we have built. He is loyal to the king and has been heard over and over again declaring his loyalty whenever he can. He is guilty of transgressions against France and he must be put to death. The committee goes through and they call for witnesses and they call Babon. Mm-hmm. Babon, you're brought forward and they question you. Okay. What, what is your evidence against this man? You served in his company five years ago, according to our records. Even five years ago, I knew him as a devout monarchist and do anything for the king, even though it was ruining France to the ground. And my evidence is what I saw myself. I rounded the corner and saw him butchering those two policemen in broad daylight in the streets like an animal. Did you try to stop him? I did. I tried to pull him off and he he fought me back and I kind of gestured towards... I was still probably beat up a bit from the fight. So I kind of gestured towards everything. This is his handiwork here. I see. He's kind of looking at you. Hmm. Handiwork. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. To help it. Do you know why he would he would kill those men? What did he did he say anything when he was murdering them in the street? He just called them some dirty bastards and it's all I heard. I don't know why. You can ask him why he killed them. So I want you to roll me a fast talk because you are telling them a story. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, okay, before we get a roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see up here on the HUD. Do we have two nat twenties each? Uh, Do yes. yeah. Thanks, to, thanks to Miss Katie, your your darling Miss Katie, who wants to make sure you all come out of this sane and happy and healthy and whole. I mean, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, but... so I'm gonna definitely use one of those for oh, this. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> like, I'm gonna save the other one, but this I need to attempt. So all yeah. Right. So you will use a nat twenty. So mm-hmm. you, they sort of look at you kind of questioningly and you see Regalt he's waiting seems like he's waiting for something but then the committee says we must adjourn to have a conversation oh great and they step away for a short time you're escorted back to your seat mm-hmm. and they come back shortly after and they say we thank you for your service soldier and they nod to where Babon sits and then they look at Dupois and they say you on the other hand are a traitor, and you are sentenced to death by guillotine. Your death will come tomorrow morning, before noon, with the other criminals that are in jail currently. Take him away. They come in and they drag Dupois out, once again. When they are, probably mm-hmm. the moment that they say that Dupois is a traitor, he probably starts going off on a rant about how, you know, they're the traitors and they're the criminals because they overthrew the rightful ruler of France and stuff like that, you know? Take and him away! All the way out of the courtroom. Just... Take him! <laughs> yep, they, the, the committee is yelling for you to be taken out. And uh, Babon, as you stand up, and this is going on, a tall figure in a long trench coat <laughs> comes over and puts a hand out to you. And he says, Your service to your country is appreciated. And you see, it's this the uh, chief of the secret police. The one that we beat up the other day and stole all his stuff. Well, one of you did. <laughs> we got one of them. Good thing he has another coat, yeah. You uh, <laughs> had a backup. I kind of just hold out the wooden hand, even though it's my left hand to shake. Just, I'm just going to hold out the wooden hand. He looks at it kind of with a questioning look and doesn't shake it. 
Mm. <laughs> okay. He says, right. good luck to you then. Hope you don't end up on my radar again. The back then uh, radar. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep myself out of trouble. He turns and walks away and leaves you standing there as the door closes on Dupois' ranting and ravings. Am I the only one who's in there now? Uh, the courtroom is empty. <clears throat> There's other people and things like that. But it, And the, the last thing you see of Regalt, he looks back over his shoulder at you and, and he just sort of gives you this grin, but his eyes are just cold. Like it does not go up to his eyes. I give him another wave. <laughs> and then he disappears through another door. And you don't, and he, and he's gone as it shuts. Like nobody's come to like get me or escort me anywhere. Like I'm kind of just. Mm-hmm. You, your escort is nowhere to be seen. You seem to be have left to your own devices. I am going to leave the courthouse and then just go to where I know the guillotine is because that's where it's going to be tomorrow. So I kind of just want to get there to wait. Okay. When you leave, are you just going straight there without trying to? Be careful, or do you try to take a circuitous route to your destination? I feel like I would just just walk because I'm trying to like play it off as I'm not trying to be suspicious or sneaky or anything. I'm just trying to... I'm living my life now, so I'm just going to kind of just walk normally. Okay. So you, you make your way, and it's actually not far at all. When you leave the court... You go up and around a couple of blocks, and it's on, like, the other side of the palace. The courts are mm-hmm. toward one end. So you just walk up the main street along the river, and you come around the side, and you can see where it opens into the courtyard. And the guillotine's sort of set to the back against a wall on a raised platform. Mm-hmm. As you get there, like, you can smell, like, the the old blood. Like, it's just this, ugh. They, there's been so many people killed here that the stench just doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. And you stroll into the, the courtyard of the guillotine, and it's quiet right now. There's no uh, activity this morning. Is there, like, any sort of... I think we get got to this already. Is there any place where I could, like, stay that's close to the courtyard, like a tavern or an inn or something? Like, I'm not going back to my house, just kind of... Uh, I just want to stay in the area. There are some inns and things like that, but I will say, Pressy, up on the roof, uh, you have spent the night and it's it's june so the weather was actually pretty nice it wasn't a bad night to stay out under the stars but as you're sort of camped out up there you see a lone figure kind of enter the courtyard and you recognize babon down below sort of mm-hmm. standing just inside the entrance opposite where the guillotine stands i keep an eye on him what's he doing what is he doing here? i'm just trying to find a place where i can at least like just get the room now. I'm probably not going to stay in there, but just... Is he the only, is he the only one out here? Uh, there's t- traffic in the street out past the courtyard, but there's not people in the courtyard right now. The courtyard is empty. So he's the only one in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. Do I think it would be dangerous to try to signal him? AKA, like, I was going to have a mirror and, like, reflect light, but I don't want, like, someone else to be like, what the heck is that shining coming from? Uh, you can make a spot check to see if you see anybody that looks like they're paying attention to him. Okay. Over there. Shabadoo. Um, nope, no one. Not at all. Yeah, looks like uh, he's all by himself and nobody's, uh, nobody's paying any attention to this guy standing off by himself. Okay, well, since 
he seems like he's by himself, I will pull out like a little mirror lens or something and try to get his attention. So, Bebon, as you are turning to look for this inn, uh, a light reflects off your eyes from yeah, somewhere he... up above. Can I see where it's coming from? Yeah, because he's signaling you, you can see uh, this person up on the rooftop, and once the light's out of your eyes, you can see that, oh, that's that's Pressy. The second Pressy knows that you know that it's him, he disappears from view, but he stays up on the roof. Okay. So, question. The guillotine, is it, like, back against the wall? Is that where it always is, or do they, like, pull it out towards the center for the actual execution, or...? It's set back. There's, like, a platform raised around it, but be- it's it's the platform butts up against the back of the wall so that the crowd can kind of come in and be all around it, but they have access on the on the back and at the front with stairs. Okay, so it's not like they pull it out to the middle of the courtyard. It no. stays in the back the whole time. Yeah, okay. that way the crowd can... You've seen these executions. The crowd kind yeah. of follows those that are going to be executed, and then mm-hmm. they throng into the courtyard and sort of make their way forward and sort of fill the whole space. And people kind of go up if into windows and on... Uh, oops, that's mine. And on ledges <laughs> and stuff. Okay. Um, Babon's going to take a couple minutes to, like, see where, where would be the best position to place himself for tomorrow so that he can like get to Regal as quickly as possible assuming Regal's going to be there which it seems like he will be it's like trying to see like where would be a good place to stand probably near the stairs so he can rush up there all right so you can just uh you can make me like a spot check just as you kind of walk around the, the floor plan of this and take a look Ooh, nice Ooh. so having been to a few of these before you know that the officials they have seating off kind of off and around to the sides usually up front or there's usually like this specific group of like ladies who sit and knit during the executions and uh, the officials kind of ring the sides of it so you think that if you moved in with the crowd you could find a spot along the buildings behind that section where the officials sit to be closer okay when they come in and then after i figure that out, i'm going to just go towards the end Okay, so you leave. And just get a room to stay in. All right, so Pressy, you, you wait for a little bit, and uh, when you peek again, uh, Babon is gone and has gone off somewhere else. Okay, that, that's good. Uh, I was hoping he wouldn't try to come up to me. I just wanted him to know where I was at. All right, so Babon, you do easily find accommodations. You have plenty of money, so you can afford to get an, a room in this part of town. <laughs> you rent yourself a room. That's extra funny because one of your hands is wooden. Yeah. Oh, chink, 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 chink. Uh, do do you do anything else special tonight, Babon, or do you lie low at the inn? Um, I probably just lay low. Okay. They also, I didn't say this the night before when I was at my own house. Mm-hmm. Babon wrote a letter for Cesar and left it in Cesar's room. Okay. So that, like, if we succeed and he ends up dying, it's kind of just like a, I love you, I hope you're proud of me, I love you again, type of deal. Okay. So you leave behind a note just in case. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Pressy, are, what, are you doing anything else special or are you just maintaining your perch this evening? Does that, does that cloak have a hood? It does. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to keep my perch. Okay. And Dupois, you were led back down into the cells 
on your way back, they did make one stop. Uh, they, they stopped, uh, and while they held you down, they shaved the back of your head enough to reveal your neck to give them a clear line for tomorrow at the guillotine so that they can, in fact, give a nice clean cut on the blade. Mm -hmm. And when you get back to your cell and they throw you in kicking and biting and yelling your loyalty to the king, uh, you find that they've done the same to the other three who are waiting. And there's a few other people who have been put into cells who are also... So there's there's approximately nine of you that it looks like are set up to go to the guillotine in the morning. Fun. So what do you do? Probably find somewhere to sit and just kind of like laments not having alcohol. <laughs> like it was a conscious choice of his to give up his, his alcohol, but he really wants some right now. Once you're all back and the guards sort of leave you and go back to their post further up at the doors, the sergeant leans forward in his cell and says, Dubois, what? Is there a plan? What's going on? The last I saw of all of you, you told me great many things. Have you just given up? No. No. You know me. I'm a stubborn old man. <laughs> the most stubborn. I don't, just, I don't just give up. No. What What can we do? We, what, tomorrow they'll, they'll have us manacled and what can we do? We can't go quietly to death. We must fight. I, I won't go quietly, but I have to die. No one has to die. We can we can make this. We we can. No, I do to stop this all from happening. The sergeant kind of gives you a look, and you've told him you you know more. Yeah. Hugel and Bomains are like, no, you don't have to die. No, we can. And Bomains especially is like, we will fight. We remember when we bound that man to the tree and we questioned him, and then we left. Did we? Ever, <laughs> we oh, we may never have untied him though, Dupois. I think we may have left him there for for the animals. Uh, he wasn't the only one that night that might have. <laughs> we just sort of left. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll keep like the specifics between the sergeant and I. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about that stuff in a prison. Um, but like I'll tell them that about like Regult being dangerous and that we have a plan to like get rid of him you know mm -hmm. like when the time is right you'll know what's up so the others look at you and nod and say then or we will wait for your signal then tomorrow and mm. we'll make our move we oui. excellent people of france will see one last time what what we can do we are soldiers of France, and we will do our best to to stop this, this madness that has embraced our nation. No more people should die on this evil blade. Agreed. Well, the sergeant says, then we should get some rest, because tomorrow may be the most important day of all of our lives. <laughs> Dupont doesn't say it, but he definitely thinks to himself, Probably, yeah. <laughs> you all find yourselves going to sleep for the night in your various arrangements. Babon, you 
take your rest in this very nice inn in this section of town. The bed is very comfortable. Um, you have a little writing desk near a window. It's a quiet street. You can hear the sound of the river as you doze off to sleep. I, before I go to sleep, I take a little knife and sharpen the point on my middle finger. Nice. Uh, Pressy, you are sitting <coughs> atop this perch on the building. You actually see toward the later part of the day, before the sun sets, uh, some of the guards come in and they sort of go through um, and kind of test and prepare for tomorrow. They check the guillotine, they check all the arrangements and things like that before they leave for the evening and go back and you sit once again another very beautiful night the stars are out the sky is clear there's a light breeze as you uh settle into your perch before he falls asleep probably face facing up towards the stars he probably says to himself uh melody would like this view as he goes to sleep and Dupois, you have no line of sight to the stars. You are in a cell. Your bed is a bed of straw. Uh, it's a bit itchy and cold in here as there's no sunlight. I think it reminds Dupois a lot of like the conditions growing up as like a peasant boy, a really poor peasant child. So I, I almost think he's like all right with it. Like, it kind of reminds him of home in this weird, morbid sort of way, you know? Mm -hmm. he, I, he definitely misses Bonaparte, though. I will say that. Mm. <laughs> Having been his companion for the last five years, it's weird not... It's weird not getting woken up in the middle of the night by this dog, like, crawling up into bed with you or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Somewhere a little two-year-old says, Bonaparte, and is snuggled up with the puppy for the night. So... In the morning, Dupois, you are awakened, along with your fellow prisoners. The guards come in, and they throw white shirts and trousers into your cell. And they <laughs> tell you, change your clothes. We want you to look pristine for today. Would I know what would happen if I didn't? Like, <laughs> um, they, You think that they would probably forcefully dress you well okay i think dupois would probably at least keep, keep his dignity in that regard and probably just dress himself you know uh the others all do as well and you are all dressed in similar slacks and white shirts as a bunch of guards come down and they have you put out your hands to get on manacles and line you up to lead you out of the prison they take you up and these guards look kind of bored and just tired like they've just seen this over and over and over and over and it's become so commonplace they're almost unaffected by it at this point and they line up as each of you is escorted up and out and you come up into the sunlight as they lead you outside and there is a a tumbrel an open topped cart waiting there, drawn by this tired-looking old horse. And they have you all climb into the cart, one after the other. You're all sort of kind of standing. It's like standing room only in the back of this with your hands. Oh, God. Okay. Yep, your hands all manacled together. 
And you can see outside the, the gates of the prison, like, the crowd's already kind of lined up. And there's some people, like, you see people with wine bottles. You see some, like, passing bread around. And they're already yelling back into the, into the yard as this is happening. And then the driver climbs into the cart. The guards sort of move around it. And they flick the horse. And the horse starts plodding forward toward the gate and toward the crowd. And into the street. Meanwhile, Babon, you have woken up early. What are you doing? As you can hear from your vantage point in the inn, early morning, the crowd gathering, starting to make noise. First, I'm going to look around the room to see if I can find anything I could use as like a weapon of any sort. Since I don't have my axe or my flintlock, just something I could stab with. Um, so looking around the room, you can besides my me, finger, <laughs> you can make me a spot check for looking for something. So you don't find anything sharp or anything like that. The only thing that you notice is the legs on the desk are fairly solid if you broke one off and took it with you, but you don't see anything that you could use as like a blade. Would there be a way I could like, if I break a desk leg, is there a way I could like somehow make it conspicuous that I'm carrying a desk leg. So it's not like a, hmm, what's this guy up to? Well, you do wear a big, you have that cloak that I, you've coat. been wearing. Yeah. Um, so you could put it underneath so I the would, cloak. Yeah, I'll break off a leg and stick it into my coat. Okay. And then probably just walk out into the street and mingle in, with the crowd and try to like early position myself to get close, but try to not make it too obvious. Okay, so you move out into the street and kind of get ready to sort of follow. And, mm-hmm. and, you're, and your inn is on, like, the main road that the cart is going to have to pass. Yeah, so, like, I probably get close enough so that as the cart comes, I'm kind of, like, the first one behind it so that I could be as close as I can. Okay. So and you can hear, and you see people in the streets kind of waiting here, too, starting to sort of, the crowd is starting to swell even here. And you can hear the others down at the far end of the road where the prison is uh so you know that they're they're starting to move they're starting to to get them you think that the prisoners must be on the move at this point as you wait in the crowd and pressy up on your vantage point uh you see a handful of people who have come in and are sort of getting ready for this cart to arrive you can hear the crowd in the distance um and you see some of the secret police sort of setting up in positions around the area uh, you see some of the guards kind of setting up. You see the executioner sort of checking the rope, checking this guillotine one more time. For the secret police, where are they setting up? Just around the perimeter of the crowd, like keeping them in control? Uh, so the crowd's not here yet. So you see them setting up. Um, there's a couple up by the front where the guillotine is, like one on either side at the back near the wall. And then you see like a, one or two more that set up toward the, the front entryway leading into where the guillotine is. His coat that he has is the same as theirs, isn't it? Your coat is uh, a little more uh, impressive than theirs. Uh, it is that heavy kind of like padded armored coat that the uh, the captain wore. Okay. I'll have that up with the hood up. Okay. Dupois, you're in this cart. This two-wheeled cart, the high wooden sides, and it rumbles up the street of Paris. It's drawn by this tired horse, the head of it down, 
the blinders on so that the crowd doesn't startle it. You and the others all stand in the back of the cart. Some of them have cast their heads down. Some of them have started weeping. You, do you hold your head up? Are you proud of yourself in this moment? I think he is. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he'd give these people the satisfaction of seeing him, like, worn down. I think he's been worn down his whole life, really, especially the past couple years. And, like, this whole thing has sort of given him a purpose that he hasn't had before, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he feels like more than just the son of a peasant who turned into an alcoholic and lost his wife to cholera and all that, you know? More than just a soldier, a cog in the wheel. So your head is held high. The others, your friends, Hugel, Vomains, and the sergeant, they stand around you. They also keep their composure about them as they don't, like, make eye contact with the crowd, but they look out, kind of mirroring your Dupois is brave. We're all going to stand united against this. So as the cart continues on, Some of the people in the street jeer at you. Some people throw things. Others are laughing and making gestures. Rude finger gestures. Fingers across their neck. And they laugh at you as they do it. But you notice as the cart travels onward and the crowd is swelling that it's not everyone. You see um, off to one side, kind of standing in the eve of a building, a middle-aged woman. She's familiar. And she has her arms wrapped around two younger girls. One of them is about eight the other seven, and you hear the sergeant's kind of breath catch. Ooh. And they, you look, just a flick of the eyes back at him as he makes eye contact with the woman. And you realize that you have not seen her in a very long time, but it's his wife and his two daughters as they watch him wheel past. Mm-hmm. He, he says nothing. He sort of like holds his breath for a moment and then composes himself as the cart continues on. And you lose sight of them. They don't follow into the toward the courtyard and the cart continues on and up ahead an old man he looks like he can barely hold himself up he's shaking his head as the cart is rolling past and you hear Bomaine's whisper oh papa papa who will take care of him if this goes poorly we must survive and he just raises his chin as he gets near where his father is and you see the old man tears are streaking down his cheeks And as you see this, you see out of the crowd rushes a white dog with a black ear. Bonaparte comes running into view, barking, running at the cart. But one of the guards takes a kick at him and he yelps and he runs back into the crowd, disappearing. The guard says, stupid mutt. But but why, though? So we know who we're going to kill first. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to kill this guy. Why, Why are you tempting me to compromise the mission? As the cart continues on, you notice making her way toward the edge of the crowd, her cloak kind of pulled tightly, carrying a small boy in her arms, short cropped blonde hair. You catch just under the hood, the face of Melody. She's sort of shadowing the cart, following along. She has a bag slung over her shoulder. She's crying a little bit, but she's comforting the little boy. And you do catch sight of the dog kind of run up and lick at her hands and follow her. The cart comes around the corner and is heading into the square now, into the courtyard. As it does, you see a young man, his face older than his years. He's staring at the cart and he looks somewhat surprised as if he's looking for someone who's not there. 
and you realize it's Cesar. Oh, no, my boy! <laughs> He's standing sort of just outside the entrance of the courtyard, and he sees you, and his face is, like, crestfallen to see you, and he's, like, looking for... But he doesn't see who he's looking for. And then he... Yeah, well... He, he diverts his eyes and sort of turns away from the cart. The cart makes its way across the courtyard. The crowd is thronging in, kind of taking their positions. From out of one of the buildings on the side, the, the dignitaries kind of start to come out. And you see Regalt in all his pomp and circumstance... He's dressed handsomely. His hair is combed. He has his chin up. He has this air of exaltedness. This air of completion, accomplishment. All of his dreams seem to have come true in this moment. This is his arena. And he struts his way over and finds a seat off to one side. The cart continues across the way. The soldiers clear the crowd, keeping them at bay as it's rolling through the square. An old man with no right leg, standing on a crutch, starts yelling, oh, no. Martin! Martin! No, Martin! And you see Hugel sort of look around at him and their eyes meet. And he just starts crying as you realize that this is her husband, Joseph. He goes to sort of move toward the cart, but somebody next to him sort of pulls him back and holds him back. And then the cart rolls to a stop where the guillotine stands. It stops. The guards on the platform move over toward the open wagon. And they reach mm. forward. And Dupois, you are the closest to the uh, platform. And mm. they, they reach to sort of grab you and pull you onto the platform to guide you to the... Is the guard who kicked Bonaparte nearby? He is one of the guards surrounding the, the cart. Like, he's sort of standing off to one side, like, waiting for you to get pulled out and put onto the platform okay as soon as i get in reach of him can i punch him sure you can throw me a, a, a brawl <laughs> don't hit the okay. puppy actually can i use a roll, uh, nat 20 for that oh sure wow yeah. yes do you, you want to roll me some damage for your brawl check sure <laughs> uh it would just be unarmed right yeah uh, yeah it's fighting okay. brawl straight up Oh, oh my god. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you you haul off as they're starting to guide you out. You sort of just haul off and punch this one guard and he kind of spins in place and slams onto the, the stones and cracks his head. And the mm. other guards sort of grab for you and are like are pulling at you and dragging you now toward the uh toward the platform. Percy's like watching all this through his iron sights. And he's trying his hardest not to give away position from laughing so hard. You actually look over and, and Regal actually chuckles. Like, this is this is fine entertainment. Oh, the second I see that, it's just immediate mood shift. So, uh, they they drag you out and they move you toward the, the guillotine, Dupois. Are you doing anything in this moment? I think he's just sort of smiling, having just punched that dude. I think he feels pretty good right now. Ha like, having... He, he's always been kind of brutish i imagine mm. you know not not really a sophisticated person <laughs> so just being able to punch this son of a bitch who just kicked your dog feels pretty nice <laughs> they're pulling you toward the guillotine they're they're taking you over behind it pressy you are set up on the roof you're looking down over the crowd what are you, what are you doing in these moments as you watch dupois get dragged 
toward the guillotine at the center of the platform. Um, I'm laying prone and trying to stay hidden as much as possible while having the gun just following Regald the okay. whole time. All <laughs> He's right. waiting for that thud. The second that thud happens, he's pulling the trigger. By Bon, you waited in the street. The crowd came through. The cart came through. You, what did you do when they moved toward this courtyard? Uh, I would position myself, like kind of at an angle to where Regald is and maybe have like one or two people in front of me so I'm not just like standing right behind him looking all menacing because that's going to be so like I'm close so that if as soon as the thud happens I can run up Mm -hmm. to hit him but I'm like staying enough back that it's not too overtly suspicious since he probably knows I'm about to hit him okay as you move through the crowd and you get up to where you're starting to position yourself you feel a light tap on the back of your shoulder and you hear a little small child sort of giggle as you look over your shoulder and Melody has come up alongside you she carefully lets go of her bag and it drops at your feet and then continues walking with the little boy in her arms kind of making her way Mm -hmm. toward toward the platform I quickly scoop up the bag what, what was all in there again? The axe? I think I think pistols? it's my axe, my flintlock, and then I think two extra pistols. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I gave her my pistols too. Well, the, one, oh. the, one of the extra pistols is missing. Oh, all right. Okay. So okay. She, it appears she may have kept at least one. So I, so I have my axe and then two pistols? Mm-hmm, two flintlocks. Okay. And then she, she moves away and is heading, sort of making her way carefully through the crowd. She's got Aronimus kind of turned with her his head facing away. And then Dupois, you are moved to the front. You hear this clack, 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 clack. And you see all these ladies sitting in this row. And they all have their knitting. And they're just knitting away. But their eyes are like focused on the guillotine and on you. They walk you forward. They push you down on the planks. Thud. Your feet kind of cave beneath you. The the sound resonates from the hollowness of the platform underneath you. Then they push you forward and you hear a clanking sound as the lunette is closed on your neck and you are pinched in place. And then whoosh, thud and the blade falls. As as soon as he hears it start to fall, I think I think he says, sort of under his breath, I'll see you soon, Sylvie. Mm-hmm. And then for a moment, Dupois, you're standing in a void. Below you swirls the idiot god Azathoth, an infinite swirling vortex. You hear drums, you hear flutes echoing in the distance of the darkness, just mishappen notes, a cacophony. And then it's instantly silenced. As you hear and you realize where it's coming from, it's coming from your open mouth, the music that was played, the music from beyond, as it echoes outward into space and it eclipses everything. Even the sky is torn asunder. Those of you watching as the guillotine comes down, Dupois' head separates from his body It rolls across the platform. It lands, sitting face up, eyes looking toward the crowd. 
Dupois, for just a moment, your consciousness comes back to yourself. You're staring at the crowd as they stare at your head, sitting on this plank. Do you have any last words? Vive la France. And you all see this. I need both Babon and Pressy and Beaumains to roll me sanity checks. Oh, I knew that was coming. Let's see how Beaumains is. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, we almost made it, guys. Oh, wow. So we got two failures and one success. So, all right. Uh, uh, a fumble. Yeah, oh. Pressy fumbled. Pressy yeah. fumbled. I love it. All right, so. I got close to a fumble. So here's what's going to happen. Just give good old Jeanette just a second, because this is fantastic. No. This is how we all die. A sanity check. I mean, are you are you surprised? I mean, really? No. 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 Of course not. Why would you? How much, how much do we need to lose? Like 20% of our total sanity? Uh, 5% in one day. 5%. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I have to do math. Math is fun. Math is fundamental. I don't need to do math. Mine's easy. Is it literally like one point? <laughs> Two. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. All right. Well, the one that did succeed, Beaumains, you yeah. only lose a single point of sanity. Oh, okay. So in that instant, uh, you are mostly like startled. You probably stumble back against the post of the cart and then right yourself as you were not expecting the decapitated head of your friend to uh, to come to life. No. <laughs> and, I imagine and, not. And maybe in that moment you, you thought that there was a chance that he would he would survive and he didn't, so that's also terrifying in its own way. Pressy, we'll get to you in a second. Let me roll for that okay. one. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Babon, you are All gonna right, lose I'm so good. five points of sanity. So you you also like you probably let out uh, an involuntary like cry as this was not what you expected in this moment, mm -hmm. um, and sort of like are glad you don't have your hand on the trigger of one of your weapons because <laughs> your fingers clench in that second, but you don't you know you're one good hand, <laughs> but you yeah. don't you don't shoot it off some fingers clench. Mm. Pressy, uh, just roll me an intelligence roll, please. Watch me crit this. Please fail. <laughs> Yay! Oh, okay. All right, cool. So you, um, you sort of see this. Uh, you are shocked in this moment. Uh, was that also, was that a fifth of your... Six okay. Points? It would be six so, points. Oh, a fifth? Yeah, it would be six points. For some reason, I was thinking, for some reason, I was thinking 5%. Ah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that definitely was it. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, you lose six <laughs> points of sanity from this. One fifth, you said. Yeah. One fifth of my total right now is three point six. Oh, oh, okay. excellent. So, uh, you, um, aka, I have eighteen seventy. Well, I had eighteen sanity. Right. Um. So the good news is because you, uh, sort of don't comprehend exactly what just happened, you don't lose your mind on this happening uh you do however uh it sort of makes you pause for a second you kind of freeze up in this second and as you do this this happens so citizen regalt is sitting in his seat he's watching this his eyes smile the smile from his face is 
up to his eyes. He's in his element. He's happy. And then the blade cleaves off Dupois' head. And the instant that Dupois speaks his last words and his head slumps and just sort of lolls away, Regalt stands up and his arms go up and his eyes go wide. And he sort of claws at his shirt and at his chest. And you all hear this sort of echoing sound. Sounds like it's coming from underneath your feet. And the ground underneath your feet seems to shake. There's like a tremor. catacombs. And those of you who have heard it before, so Pressy in your state, you, you hear the music again. Not loud, not like enough to drive you out into the void, but you hear it. And then it rises into a scream, echoed by Regalt screaming as you see blood just spurt all over his body and you see where his shirt sort of tears the little skull tattoos that he had all over his body are bursting like blood vessels and he even spits up some blood in this instant and Pressy in your shock in your just complete freak out over all that is happening in the moment you don't even realize when you squeeze a trigger. So roll me an attack with your gun as you were aiming at Citizen Regalt. I don't want to ruin this moment. Mm-hmm. Can I use my nat 20 for it? Oh, that's perfectly fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. That was the plan. I'll still roll to see how much damage I do. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, so you just have been aiming. You have been following him with the weapon this whole time. And you just involuntarily, without even realizing it, just squeeze on the trigger and shoot at the at the citizen. Oh, wow. Wow. So, let's see. So, as this happens, you still hear the screaming coming from somewhere underneath. The ground still shakes. And those of you in the courtyard hear the the shot from a musket. And you see Regalt, who was already, like, spitting blood. You see him take the shot. And he sort of reels back in pain. And then I need to know, what are your dexterity scores, my friends? 50. A 50. Also a 50. Nice. I, I believe yours is currently zero. Well, Bomaine's is 50. <laughs> yes, everyone. Uh, Dylan, why don't you introduce us to, your, to who you're going to play for the rest of the session? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm, I think... 20 years younger than Dupois. <laughs> uh, Michael Bomaines, who is uh, sort of a very thin, tall soldier uh, who looks after his, his dad um, and is kind of the only person to support his dad, the old man. Uh, and he's very, he's very intelligent compared to Dupois, you know? That's fair. Right. And he's missing an eye, actually. Hey, you know, I mean, one yeah. of you's missing a hand, one of you's got to miss an eye. It's all good. All he needs to do is sail the seven seas and he's set for life. Exactly. Oh, no, 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 no. He needs to also chop off his hand and then he's set for life. True. And a wag. Yeah. Combine oh. Babon and Bomaine and you have the perfect pirate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, probably, yeah. All right, so... 
Uh, so, Pressy, you involuntarily fire and you shoot Citizen Regalt. And uh, as you kind of, like, do that, it shakes you out of your stupor. Um, and you realize... You remember the catacombs and you remember when you all tried to fight him before and nothing hurt him. You see, even at this distance, the blood from the bullet wound itself. Like, you, you hit him right near the upper left shoulder and you realize that he is able to be injured in this instance. Um, so, after Pressy fires, Hugel uh, looks around in surprise at the back of the cart and she... Uh, oh. Yes? Um, you, you asked for a dex? Yeah, I, I know yours, Pressy. Yours is pretty high. Okay. It's 70. Um, so Hugel, uh, in the chaos that starts to ensue, she grabs the side of the cart and she leaps over the side of the cart into the crowd. Um, and she comes up startled as Melody appears out of the crowd and shoves something into her hand and then clutching uh, Hieronymus... She says, bon chance, and darts back into the crowd away from the cart. And you can see uh, that she holds up a set of keys for the manacles. As she quickly starts to undo the manacles for those. So she, like, turns to Beaumains, and she says, your hands! And she sticks the key in, and she undoes your hands, while the guards are still trying to recover from this shock that's happening around them. Um, after she does that, uh, Babon, you are in the crowd and all of this has just, everything is erupted in terror. Like people are screaming. People are, some people are starting to run. Uh, the guards are like looking around and Regal is sort of staggering back. He, he looks like he's trying to recover from this sudden shock of what's happening. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? Um, I take a quick moment to shove the two, if they're still in front of me, the two people who are in front of me just kind of push them out of the way. Mm -hmm. I pull out one of the flintlocks that Melody handed to me. I aim, and I'm going to use my second nat 20 on oh, this one. no. I ain't playing. <laughs> All right, so you aim your flintlock at Regalt. His, his eyes turn, and he meets your gaze as you fire. Roll me some damage. Not bad. Oh, nice. So you hit him. Boom. And he's... Yeah, then I just kind of, like, toss his spent flintlock into the crowd. Like, I'm not messing around. He he screams in pain. And you see him stagger backward, like, throwing the chairs aside behind him. Bobains, your arm... Your hands come free from being held. There are six guards sort of around the cart. You okay. see Babon shoot Regalt. What are you doing? Well, uh, so you said I had like manacles with like chains on them, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So as soon as they come off, I'm going to grab those. I'm going to jump out of the cart and I'm going to go at one of the guards with like the, like swinging from one side of the chain with like the manacle at the end and just like, like a foil. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost. A foil. yeah. All right. I'm, I'm a a mental foil. You charge in at this guard. Uh, go ahead. He sees you coming, and he's going to try to uh, fight back as you charge at him. So roll me your attack, and I will... Okay, would, it, would it be just like fighting brawl? Yes. Okay. So he is going to attempt to 
Whoa. Whoa. Fight back. Um, so, you get in between as he swings to sort of stop you and kind of punch you in the face as you're coming at him. You are able to hit him with the, uh, the metal clang. So, I'll say it's a d6 plus your damage bonus dice. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. I believe that's 2d6, son. Yes. Yeah, it is. All right. All right. So you crack him across the face with these, and uh, his head kind of lolls back and blood spews out of his mouth. Uh, but he does not go down. He's still up. Ow. Damn. So. All right. Uh, the sergeant jumps down and he helps Hugel get her hands out of the cuffs and then he starts working on his own. Regult, he backpedals and looks around and he yells, Assassins! Assassins! They're trying to kill me! Stop them! Stop them! I mean, that's true. <laughs> it is, yeah. As he sort of looks for a way to exit and kind of make a run for it. So he starts, uh, he sort of starts backing away and then he reaches inside his shirt and he pulls out one of his flintlocks and he looks around and his eyes meet yours, Babon. And he levels the flintlock at you. Now, you can attempt to dodge his shot. However, if you dodge, you get no action on your turn because that is your action to get out of the way. Or you can let him just attempt to shoot you. Would that be my next turn or am I like... The turn coming up. Okay. I, I'm not going to try and get out of the way. All right. He will fire. Oh, he fires. Oh. And someone in the crowd sort of jostles into him and his shot goes wide and he curses angrily, throwing the spent flintlock into the crowd and trying to kind of mingle amongst them to to make his escape. And then, Pressy, you are up on your vantage point on the roof. What do you do? It takes me a long time to reload, doesn't it? Well, how many guns did you take up on the roof with you, mister? I have one flintlock left. Oh, just I one flintlock? Uh, so your flintlock, I believe, has, uh, is it a 60-yard range with the flintlock? Uh, a flintlock musket is 60 yards. Oh, what's the pistol? The pistol is not listed on the character sheet, so I'm not sure. Okay, so the pistol... Uh, 10 yards. 10 yards. So 30 feet. So you're up on top of the building. Um, you would have a uh, penalty dice on the shot, but you could still take a shot with the flintlock. Um, nah, he's going to make it. He's going to make it matter. Um, would he be able to move and reload? Uh, no, he. Well, <coughs> you, you're a, you're a trained soldier. I would say that uh, it's going to take four rounds to load it, so this would be one. But you could move and be working on it as you're going, like running, kind of putting in the powder, getting in the shot, stamping it in. Okay, he's heading back into the attic, I guess, of this place, and going down the building. He's okay. trying to get back down below while reloading. Okay. So that's probably what he's going to be doing for the next four rounds, if you guys don't kill him by then. All right, so uh, Hugel will run up, and she is going to also try to help Bomains with this guard. 
So she charges forward, and as she comes up to him, she swings with the... Oh! Oof! Uh, but she... The guard sticks out a foot and sends her tumbling to the pavement, and she kind of goes tumbling underneath the cart as this happens, and you lose sight of her domains. Babon, what do you do? Uh, can I still see where Regalt is? Like, I'm assuming he didn't get too far yet. Oh, no, yeah, you can still see him. He's he's going around the perimeter, and he's put trying to put people between him. Uh, you also notice it looks like there are um, some people in the crowd starting to turn, and they look like they're um, kind of moving in your direction. One of them in particular looks like he's, like, charging forward to try to help protect this citizen from the mm-hmm. assassins. What do you want to do? Um, I'm going to pull out my axe and run up to Regold and try and hack at him. Ooh, I like it. All right, so you run up to Regold and you swing at your axe. He, as you get in close... He is going to try to retaliate and try to stop you and sort of turn your attack on you. So you can Bring roll. It. And I will roll. Oh. Alright. So you come in and he he sort of dodges sideways and then he swings a fist at you. And he punches you as you come at him. And you take five points of damage as he hits you. Uh, so that brings me to zero. That brings Ooh. you to zero? I have nice. five. Oh, hell. All right. So let's see. Um, world. <coughs> so your hit points fall to zero. You have a major wound. So you tick off the major wound box. Um, okay. Roll me a constitution roll. Okay, so you are, so you fall unconscious, but you are not dead, you're dying. Okay. All right. So if someone can get to you, they may be able to help you. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So, uh, you go, so Bomains, you see, uh, Hugel get tripped and she goes flying beneath the cart. Um, you see Babon rush Regalt, and he just takes a punch full to the face and the big man goes down in a heap. And then, let's see, what do you want to do? Boy. Well, I heard that what Dupois said about Regalt being their target. So I... I think I'll probably run after him with these like manacle chain thing I got going on and like I'm gonna try and like hold him you know okay so you want to run up and try to get a grab on him yeah and like pin him all right so that you can roll me a brawl as you do that uh he he spins around and he will try to stop you as you right. trying to try to Hold this action. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna princess Leia this? Yeah, basically. Yeah, just like choke him out. So you grab, want to die. You grab for him and he is going to attempt to turn your grab on you. 
but you manage to grab a hold of him. And he spits blood and he says, You don't want to do this, boy. Well, I think I do. Alright. So you have hold of Regalt. Um, the sergeant rushes forward to where Babon has landed on the ground. And he's like, Etienne! He slides in next to you and he is looking down at you like, Oh no, he's... Etienne, Etienne! And he is going to attempt to see if he can help you. So he is going to try to give you first aid. So, here we go. First aid. Oh no. So he, uh, well, so he, close. he will spend because he, he has luck. Okay. He, will, he will spend some of his luck to uh, make that a success. So, let's see. He spends it. So you are stabilized, and you have one hit point. <laughs> so you're, you're, Do I still have major wound, or is that... Yeah, no, you still have the major wound. Okay. Um, so your eyes, like, flutter open as you gasp for air. <laughs> and you're looking up into the sergeant's face, and you see just past him, uh, Beaumains is sort of wrestling with Regalt and holding on to him. And then... Oh, Regalt's turn. Great. Where is that <laughs> paper? To do, to do. So, you have hold of him, my friend. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. He will... Alright, so, he... You have, like, a physical grasp to him, and as you do... He grabs tight to, like, your hands, and you hear him mutter something in an unintelligible language. God damn it. Uh, so he is going to spend five of his magic points on this. So you need to roll me a power roll, please. Okay. Oh. <gasps> That's real good. And now I need to roll one. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's magic. Whoa. <laughs> All right. So I will roll. Oh, oh my no. God. <laughs> can, can I spend the luck to make mine an extreme as well? If that will make any difference? Oh, my God. Oh, so it'd be like a, let's see here. It'd, it'd be seven points. I mean, I can do it. I got 25 luck as Bomains. This could be like Dragon Ball Z, where you just punches collide and just a crater happens. Yeah. So uh, I will. I will let you spend. Let me double check. Hang on. Let's see. Can you spend? All right. Regalt, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so yeah. Next I will, time I will on Raid of Terror. I will let uh, Bomain spend it. So yeah. So he try and you feel this energy. Um, and there's sort of this cracking of the, like, the upper level of your flesh, but you sort of will it away as this happens. And he looks at you sort of surprised in this moment. And then, Pressy, you're running downstairs, loading your, your weapon. Running, running, running. And let's see here. Meanwhile, meanwhile, 
world. The Hall of Justice. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. <laughs> Seems that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, this one man sort of runs up to where Bomains you're holding Regalt. And he says, Assassin, release him! And he is going to um, try to pull you off of him. So this man grabs a hold of you, and he is going to try to yank you away from Citizen Regalt. So I need you to uh, roll me an opposed fight brawl to try and... Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Let's let's see. All right. Yeah. So he's pulling at you, uh, but he can't seem to pull you off. Meanwhile, uh, you start to notice uh, the, the secret oh, police no. are starting to swarm towards you. Oh man! Uh, so, one of them is drawing his weapon and running in this direction, and then, Babon, you uh, you're awake, you're alive, you're you feel terrible, and you hear from somewhere in the crowd, Papa! No. <laughs> um. I. I don't want Cesar to see this, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to try and axe for gold again. Alright, he is going to attempt to uh, respond to that. Do, do I get anything since Bilmain is kind of holding him? Uh, you, can oh, that's a good you can have an advantage dice because he is restrained by your friend. Alright. Oh. oh! What God the damn. hell? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? Come on! Come on! Yeah, so, um, he responds. How is that possible? Fuck, man. And Bomains, uh, he takes you down. Oh! I, I'm down again. Yep, and this time, uh, you are below zero hit points. Yes. So. Race. Let's see. You have a major wound. Mm-hmm. And you drop below. Let's see. So you are dying again. I figured that part actually, out. Actually, <laughs> uh, it's more than it's actually what's your maximum hit points? Uh thirteen. Alright, so so he's negative four, right? I'm at negative four. Yeah. So you are more than maximum. It's not more than your maximum hit points. So Correct. you are, you are dying. Again. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're back on the ground and dying. Which, uh, roll a Constitution roll. <laughs> you may die. Oh, I may die anyway. Oh. Oh nope. So you are barely alive, dying on the ground. God. And, I, uh, I know you didn't get to see it, Jeanette, but you'll have to clip it later with all of us saluting. Oh, I missed it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saluted them. <laughs> Alright, so uh, Bomains, you're holding Regalt, and even as you're holding him, he manages to just as Babon comes in, he gets his fist up and he hits him in the throat. And you hear something, you hear something crunch and Babon goes down in a heap on the ground. What do you do? Okay. Help does this fucker have? <laughs> okay. 
phone. Can I just like tighten the chain like around his neck? I really am gonna Princess Leia this. Okay. I just wanna. I just wanted like try and fucking choke him. I will. At this I will let you make a, a brawl, and uh, he's going to try to like do the whole like hand between. Yeah. To see if he can stop you. That's okay. Him. Leia this shit. <laughs> You know what? I have another nat 20. Can I use it? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, okay. Can he even... Let's see if he can even get his hand... So that's an extreme success. I don't think he can stop you. Oops, that's the wrong character. He gets a critical up in his scream. Oh, my God. Nope. <laughs> All right. So um, so use your nat 20. So uh, you get, what, 2d6 for that, right? All right. Kill him. Oh, Ooh. holy shit. All right, so you tighten your grip and you pull it tight and he tries he tries to throw his hand up like he punches Babone and as, and as the chain tightens, he tries to recover and get his hand up between the, the, the chain. But you manage to pull it tight and he claws at it and he's pulling at it, but you pull even tighter and you kind of lean back and you hear like something cracking and he's like, Oop, and you hold on and you hold on, and he goes limp in your arms. Oh. And someone yells, They've killed him! They've killed Citizen Dracult! Oh god, we did a plan an exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so the crowd, the crowd There's no is point. screaming, no. the crowd is running. Um, the secret police, there are, there are two of them bolting towards you yeah. in this instant. Pressy, you come out on the ground floor in time to see, uh, Babon drop and Gomains just break the neck of Regalt as he chokes him out. You just hear a snapping sound and Regalt goes limp and slumps in Bomain's arms. What are you guys going to do? You have police running at you. There's a couple of citizens screaming and kind of... One is still clawing at Bomaine's back. Although they don't... They don't... I, they, I, like, they haven't seen Pressy. No, and well. Pressy, you see this, and you also see a familiar blonde with a small child exiting the courtyard and heading into the main road. Question, Jeanette. Hi. Where is Bonaparte? Uh, is he with? Is he with them or is he, he went elsewhere? to Dubois's body? I was. Yeah. I didn't want to say it, but he yeah, is, he is sitting up on the oh. by oh, the guillotine. Bonaparte. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me cry on stream. You know, that's awful. You had to break the dog. <laughs> So, uh, Pressy, so you come out into the courtyard and you see this chaos that's happening. Uh, you're about a few seconds from finishing loading your gun, but you see uh, your target has slumped and is apparently dead in the arms of Bomaines. But it looks like the police are, are moving in to try to rearrest the criminals. What are you doing, Pressy? How many of them are there? Currently, there are two secret police heading toward them, and there's one citizen pulling at and punching at the back of Bomaine's, who doesn't seem to notice at the moment. 
time slows down as Prissy has a tall uh, tall tale game moment where you get like the two different paths you have to take. And one's like go have a life with Melody. The other one is fight with your allies till the death. Is in his head anyway. Mm-hmm. He just closes his eyes and sighs. And he heads over to Melody. All right. So you uh, move into the crowd and quickly uh, find Melody, who is startled and then throws her hand into your hand and says, Pressy, what do we do? We go. All right. And you and Melody and Anonymous disappear into the crowd. I whistle for Bonaparte. All right. You whistle. As you disappear into the crowd, uh, up in front, Bomains, you see Bonaparte look up, and then he gives one last nuzzle to Dupois, and then he bolts from the platform and runs into the crowd, disappearing amongst the feet of the screaming running crowd. Meanwhile, in the square, you also see the young bearded figure of Cesar charging forward <sighs> and Boy. he and he grabs hold of Babon. Babon, roll me another constitution roll. God. Oh no. Don't make me die in my son's arms, Jeanette. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! no. Oh, oh, he grabs hold of you. He turns you over in his arms. And he just puts his head down in your chest and he starts crying as he's holding you there. As Babon takes his last breath. And oh, fades fuck, away. Man. Oh. It's been over a week. He can use first aid on me. <laughs> <laughs> he sees first aid on dead body. Uh, I just I was about to say, he's just Larry Lobster. Yeah. Breathe, damn you. God, God, God. Oh, God. Punching you. Um, <laughs> oh, so man. The sergeant looks at Beaumains and says, He's dead. Release him. We have to run for it. Well, <laughs> I definitely release him. I'm, I, I think Beaumains is kind of like stunned that like he was able to actually do that. <laughs> Uh, you see the sergeant uh, pick up a flintlock from that has fallen from Regalt's other like pocket, and mm. he looks at you and he says, "Split up every man for himself. Run, run, fools!" As you see Hugh Gallo sort of crawling out okay. from under the cart on the other side, and she looks back at you, and she's like, sort of giving you a look like. What do we do? Well. Hold on, I need to check something real quick. Now you do the Doctor Who thing. You're like, this is where we run. And then you can just run. You take a 40, you smash it on the ground, and yell, SCATTER! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what exactly does the, like, how the situation look like? I know there are the two secret police coming this way. There's the dude, like, on my back, basically. Mm-hmm. But like, how like how easy would it be to get out of this plaza if we were to do that? Um, it's 
currently emptying, but okay. you think if you hesitate much longer, the the chances of blending in with the crowd will fade away quickly. And you can hear um, yelling from outside that's not the crowd. You think that there are guards trying to force their way in, but they're having a hard time getting in because of the heavy crowd running. Okay. And fleeing from the scene. So I think Bomaines is going to run over to where Hugel is, help her up, and then just run with her towards the, the crowd to try and get out. Okay, so when you do, I want you, uh, you're, are you trying to blend in as you go and, and sort of look like you're part of this group? Y yes, I think, you know, I figure, like, everyone's kind of panicking. Mm -hmm. So, like, it wouldn't be weird for us to be running through here, you know? Okay. So, um, yeah. With the cover of the crowd, I'm going to have you and Hugel both roll, uh, like, a stealth but you get two okay. advantage dice because there is such a heavy presence of people and it's hard for them to separate who is and is not. All right. <gasps> so you both duck together. You hunch your shoulders and sort of get real <laughs> yeah. low because you are quite the presence if you stand to your full height. And you yeah. uh, and Hugel sort of like holding onto one another like a couple sort of make your way out with the rest of this crowd that's sort of running for it. And as you sort of get into the into the crowd proper in the street, um, you are swept up with uh, a group and you find your father. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. And, I, I'd probably look for my dad. And uh, Hugel manages to catch sight of her husband Joseph and she kind of signals him you know like to keep moving that you're going to catch up with them mm. and the sergeant who has pulled a flintlock uh, so as you disappear you actually see him climb up onto the center near the guillotine and he fires a flintlock into the air and he yells uh, long live the king as he uh, then runs into the crowd, but does not try to hide himself. He seems like he is trying to draw the attention of the police and the guards and to get the, them away from the rest of you as you make your escape. So. Wow. You all, you all have run for it. You take off into the city streets. Well, not all of us. Well, yes, well. left... Left, left after the crowd sort of separates and, and is gone, uh, Cesar is left behind and he is sort of cradling Babon. He has taken like his cloak off, his, his hood off, and he doesn't, the police, they, he doesn't argue with them, but he says, you know, it's my, my papa. You, he has, he has paid his price. You can leave him be. I'm a soldier in the French army. And they kind of give him a wide berth. He watches as they go and check Regalt's body. And Regalt is dead. He lies dead. Uh, all of the skeletal tattoos that were on his body are gone. You can, uh, Cesar can see where it looks like, you know, there's all these like burst blood vessels on his skin beneath his clothes. But he's no longer moving. 
and they collect his body and move it away. And after a time, they'll collect Babon, but they'll let Cesar take him to make arrangements. So, the rest of you, they also take Dupois, and they will take him, and they'll bury him in one of the city cemeteries, or perhaps in the catacombs beneath the city, depending on space. So, Pressy, you and Melody vanish into the crowd with this small boy, and... Bonaparte catches up to you after a short while. What what happens? What do you do? Is this like epilogue? This is like just afterward. Like what you know that you were not seen. Perhaps do you, you may feel safe to stay, but what would Pressy do after this? He's going to flee the country. Okay. He's His plan from now on, it's going to be, um, they're going to try to take a boat to the, the new lands where there's apparently gold on the roads to America <laughs> and study up on his English. Okay. <laughs> so Pressy and Melody uh, taking what funds they have left they flee Paris in the chaos and head cross-country uh, to make plans to sail to the new land and start a new life. Beaumains. Hmm. You and Hugel escape with your families, though both of you know that you were arrested, they know who you are, they'll be looking for you. What, what is your plan? What do you do? Well, I I probably do my best to stay with Hugel, um, and I suppose we probably try to hide. Um, really, Beaumains is just trying to spend as much time as he can with his dad, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, Beaumains, I don't think, really minds dying in the end, at the end of the day. Like, he, you know, oh, you go out as a martyr. But, like, his dad needs him. So it's also kind of like, I can't die until, you know, that's taken care of. So you go into hiding to kind of keep safe? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the next day, hmm. uh, the city of Paris has the festival of the supreme being and they celebrate the new religion of france uh robosphere is out trying to drum up celebration after yesterday's debacle and the murder of such a high-ranking member of their the uh committee Mm. but as the days after that go by, those of you that have stayed in Paris, uh, Babon is buried in the cemetery, and Dupois as well. Cesar actually pays for both of their services, and he makes sure to look after all the final arrangements. Uh, he sends word through mutual friends of Babon, uh, and it reaches Beaumains and Hugel that hmm. um, he hopes they're safe to stay 
you know, that way perhaps someday you'll meet again. But until then, he's he'll be leaving to go to Belgium to continue his service. Uh, he says that he it's okay. He his father did his part to save everyone and that he did get his goodbye though he doesn't explain um and then as days pass and pressy and melody make their arrangements for travel they they head by way of england and take a boat across to the americas um those of you that stay in paris in hiding start to hear rumblings that the rest of the national convention they don't trust Robosphere's beheadings anymore. And they're afraid that he may run out of other victims and start looking amongst their number in order to stop any sort of people from rising up against him. The guillotine continues to fall for the next couple of days. They move it from the palace to the place uh, Bel uh, de la Bastille because... The neighbors start to complain about how bad it smells. But it's only there for two days when they move it again. And about a month and a half goes by. And those of you in hiding hear rumors that Robosphere himself was put to the guillotine yesterday. And is oh. no more. And France is restructuring once again. So for those of you who survived, you can roll... 2d10 and regain sanity for having survived this horrible, horrible excursion. Those of you in hiding in Paris, you, uh, after about two months, you feel it's safe to start going back about a normal life, though you don't immediately go back to your own lives. But Beaumains and Hugel, you and your family, seem to have come through this safely. Pressy and Melody safely arrive in a new world with their young charge and their puppy. Bubble part. Bubble part. And start their new life. Probably a dairy farm. Being French. And probably going to New York. It would make sense. And they're really good with cheeses. Mm. Um... Citizen Regalt is buried in the Picpus Cemetery. One dark night, the ghoul that was Gulam goes to his grave and digs it up. He climbs down into the grave and opens the box and looks down on the desiccated figure inside. And in the moonlight, he gives this wide toothy grin and says, Je suis Paris, you supreme bastard. And then he begins to devour him. Huh. And that is where our adventure ends. Turns into an uber ghoul and consumes the world. No, I'm sure. You have Goodness saved gracious. the world. <laughs> and Did Scott ended well. the game with a natural 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did we do the impossible in the impossible game where we beat Call of Cthulhu? Well, some of I mean, you lived. I mean, people died, but we, I mean, you know, the world didn't well, I mean, We did save the world, yeah. Cesar said he got to say his goodbye, but didn't explain any further. 
Oh, um, Cressy didn't <laughs> have own die. Hmm. So he actually probably does when he gets to America eventually. Maybe this is like way down the road, like a few years later or something. He does send mail and it'll probably go to his son. Mm-hmm. And it's just him updating where he's at and where they're at and stuff. Mm. And who knows, maybe maybe someone who has some medical training may look into some other methods to bring back the people he lost. Or not, oh. you don't know. Good lord. You never know. He's going to move to the Madagascar and change his name to Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> right. And he hobbled... He, he it's almost got bold and to poir together. Oh, goodness. <laughs> the ultimate undead pirate. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm a true visionary. Except this time he takes Dupois hand and puts it on Papon's body so he has both hands again. Well, Yar, I am Captain now we, now we know the monster for our next Cthulhu adventure. Cesar. Mm. So, uh, so... I guess we go around. What do you think? Like, uh, I, so Pressy is in um, the Americas when the dairy farm settles down um, and starts a new life. How, how do you guys feel? I'm uh, Jamie. How are you feeling? I'm sorry. Sad. Me too. I got so sad. The last too. like half hour is where I die. I know. And I'm like, I was so close. I feel like an idiot for not getting another rifle. I was going to use both my nat twenties on that effort, but I just. I never got a chance to do the second one. Yeah, you know. It happens. We'll save we'll save I, your Nat 20 for another game. Go ahead, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, really. I feel I feel really good about Dupois. I was worried about playing him when we first started, because he's like very different from me in real life. <laughs> I've never been a 49-year-old drunk mm. or any of that. Uh and I'm not I'm clearly not a fan of actual manor- monarchy, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, you know. But it was it was really fun playing that, and mm-hmm. I really liked how the story played out. Yep. It was nice. Yep. I I think he had some growth as an individual in that last couple of years. He had. Who knew Dupois, who never rose above the lowest rank in his unit, would become yeah, right. a, the hero that saved France and the world. I think it, it really calls to mind uh, Hugh Gell's words to him when they fought Fenelik and beat him that Sylvie would have been proud of him. So. We did a lot of things I didn't think we were going to actually possibly be able to do. <laughs> oh, we didn't. Because I know how easy it is to die in this game. That's mm-hmm. why we haven't died yet. Like, this is the first time we actually had death. Yeah. But... <laughs> I thought I was gonna die against Spinelec, so I thought we were all gonna die when we went with my dumb plane to hijack the cart. <laughs> That's <laughs> that a good point a too. Beautiful plan. It worked. That was the most Hollywood spy plan ever, and somehow it worked. Yes. I think the cart hijacking and uh Pressy's amazing escape from the escape. police yeah. were two That's of my favorite moments in game because it was like <gasps> Oh hell. That- those two and um, Dupois running away from Regalt in the catacombs. Because mm-hmm. I I wasn't expecting him to pull out a gun. <laughs> I know. I, I went back and watched that moment. 
and your reaction was absolute like what oh shoot yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just figured, you know, this creepy guy's gonna follow me and probably cast a spell or something. No, he's gonna pull out a gun and fucking shoot me. It's true. I mean, yeah. why why waste magic when you can just use the tools at hand? Yeah. That is fair. Hmm. I, I think I need to draw Proceed with a crazed face, like jumping into an alleyway saying, Can you catch me? I'm the gingerbread man. Because <laughs> 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 that was probably the most insane moment he had, besides the fiddle, of course. I did like the joint. Yeah, I was gonna say the joint scene of like all the chaos, of the violin smash cutting to Bebel and just hacking people to pieces in the street. Mm-hmm. Also, I will say, uh, Bebel, the use of the nat twenty for uh, convincing the jur- the the court was a, a mm-hmm. good move because um, use nat twenty. So I mean, they you know they took it because yeah. otherwise, uh, Fenelik was or not Fenelik, but Regalt was gonna denounce you. Yeah. And have you in chains imprisoned as well. But, but so I anticipate that happening, so I have a question about that. Uh-huh. If they manacle me mm-hmm. and I screw off my wooden hand, <laughs> you might just be able to slide the manacle <laughs> off and then put it back on and just be good. I mean, I don't know, we'd have to see how you did, you know? That's but, true. I mean it was then an I just have like a then it's still attached on one hand, so I'm just swinging it like Bo Man was doing. You have even more effective uh it's cool flail. <laughs> yeah. You have a wooden hand on one side. Yeah. Also, Jamie, oh Jamie because I think Katie went off to play her game, you you have to let her know that it's Oh, okay. I already did. Hugh Gale's okay. Oh, yeah, I told her that Dupois and Babylon were the only two who died. Yeah, Hugh Gale and her husband are okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, man, you both died. I'm like, well, we knew Dupois was going to die. That was a given. It's true. Uh, you, I will say that as, a, as an epilogue, uh, they did capture the sergeant as he gave you yeah. cover to go and he was uh he was eventually uh put to the guillotine himself but i assumed that was probably gonna happen but he made sure that his soldiers were able to for the most part he gave his life for his soldiers because that's yeah. what a good sergeant does i, I don't know what time your cowboy one is set to maybe 1870s i believe what year what year is it here 1794 is the current year yeah in france oh so this takes place later no the 18 uh oh wait i mean i i might be mistaken i think it's 1870 is the year it's going to be set in my bad and this is 1894? This is 1794. So this is about 100, yeah. oh. just about 90 years before. Damn, never mind. Maybe yeah, the French be... Revolution happened right after the American one. So Maybe there'll be a uh, descendant of Pressy and Melody <laughs> Maybe. in the Old West. Yeah. Actually, it'll just be Pressy. He's like that really old grizzled prospector with his little pan. There's gold in the hills. There's gold in these damn hills. <laughs> So. <laughs> She's just like, let's see, the villain of this one erases name, Pressy. There we go. Perfect. Mm, maybe. Cesar. Maybe I need to Cesar. change. I need to change the name of the town now. Pressyville. Pressyville. All right. So, uh, does anyone have anything else they want to discuss about it, or do we want to do some plugs and and pull the curtains closed on this adventure? Uh, I, I got I got one more. So I'm I'm not going to be in the next one, not because I don't want to, but because I'm trying to cut down the amount of games I'm in. Because there's only so many characters you can, characters you can keep track of. 
Mm-hmm. That's true. I disagree um, with that, but that's okay. I, I know a lot of people disagree with that. Thank <laughs> you, Katie. But um, <laughs> we love you. She's Katie. not watching anymore. You can't I call know, her out. We still love her. She'll still call her out. <laughs> she might see you later. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but the Call of Cthulhu video game was really great, mm-hmm. and I have to say, we ended a lot better than I did in that one. I oh, saw nice. that, yeah. <laughs> but I purposely went the insane route because I'm like, I wonder how crazy I, my character can get. That's fair. Very fair. All right. So on that note, as we as we pull this to a close. Thank you for joining us for Uncanny Adventures podcast. Come back next time to continue our adventures. 